everybody. Welcome to episode 111 111 of the Go Gorilla Filmcast, your source for all things indie film. I'm one of your hosts, Sashia Dumont. I'm another host. Mr. Paul Robinson. How are you? No, what's, what's uh, amusing what's about amusing? that is that whenever you try to do something funny, you always are like getting to the punchline in your head before it's actually happened. Mm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I already know when I'm like, oh, he's going to try to do something cute because I can my... read it on your face and yeah. you just please this punch with yourself. Yeah, I'm a giant five-year-old that way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, Secret. So we have no guest. I, uh, I've i actually done a, a, a mass reach out to probably uh, a, a handful of people that will never, ever consider being on our show, but whatever. And... Um, so maybe I'll hear back from them. Who knows? Um, we wanted to gear the this episode a little bit more towards like personal things mm-hmm. and um, inspiration type stuff. Yeah. Uh, a who are we, if you will? Who are we? Who are you? Who the hell do you think you are? Uh, but of course, gossip, <clears throat> because yeah. it's the cornerstone to any successful podcast. Uh, but so we're, we had mentioned last week about, you know, getting your lists together mm-hmm. people that inspire you in the biz yeah um so we're gonna we're kind of gonna go over our lists yep so we made some lists get get, get yourself ready All right well i mean Woo! we could Woo! fill out some of these lists with tons of names but we tried to keep it short oh, it's it's, it's you know? completely uh it's a clusterfuck <clears throat> anyway so, so um yeah so so there's so there's it's been a busy busy week for news um, there's a lot of ousting going on mm-hmm. in terms of uh, production companies, people, shows, and showrunners and things like that. Um, obviously, the whole and Ellen DeGeneres thing is going around, and that kind of popped up a little while ago, but it's really starting to settle in. Um, you know, I thought before, oh, she's probably going to, you know, she'll pay her way out of this or something like that, but... Um, I don't know. People are really doubling down. So I'm, I'm, yeah. I mean, she's in her sixties. So uh-huh. I, I didn't, ima- I'd imagine she would have retired soon anyway. I think, look, she'll be fine. Even if her career is over in terms of a talk show host, yeah. she played her cards, right? She has plenty of money. So <laughs> she'll be okay. Uh, but, um, you know, there's, there's kind of like, and this all sort of ties in. It's just, just the, when you have an overwhelming response of people that all kind of have the same thing to say mm-hmm. it becomes difficult to ignore that. Yeah. And um, I will never understand. I do when I don't. Part of me doesn't understand how the first thing that a person thinks of when these stories come out is, well, why didn't they say anything before? Yeah. Um, it's the de facto kind of response to anything. Like, I understand if you've never had that experience, why that might be your go-to, but I don't feel like it's very difficult to imagine that, if you're in a high profile job, that it's not easy to complain about people. Have you yeah. ever have you ever had a friend? I just want you to picture a group of friends, okay? okay and it. picture it. No. Sicily, 1922. And um you tell one friend something that another friend did. Mm-hmm. And I want you to think about how much time passes before everybody in that group heard what you said to the other person about that person. And now there's a beef and everybody wants them on their side. Mm-hmm. Why would you not understand that being applicable in a work environment? Yeah. I mean, you know, and so then there's always the whole, like, the moral aspect of, like, well, you know, then uh, that's just what you have to deal with. It's like, no, that's really not the answer. The answer isn't, well, then you just have to deal with abusive behavior. That's not people. Or, don't or to, why don't you just quit? Uh, people don't go to school. You know, for those of you who've paid a shit ton of money to go to school, I want you to imagine that. You try to do the right thing and you get blacklisted and now you have no career. And mm-hmm. I say to you, oh, well, that's your problem. And you're like, well, well, I still owe $85,000 in loans. Sucks for you. Yeah. Yeah. You know, people work to be in the careers that they're in and they deserve to have a at least amicable environment. Yeah. It's the least we can do as a society is is not make this the place me. where you work. Because, look, most people work and it's not like... You spend more time at work than you do with yeah. your family. Like, if you can't get along with your coworkers, that's a problem. Yeah, it's important to have a, a good work environment. I should know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you should. And, again, I'm a, I am I can speak from experience when someone says the, the issues that I had at, at my, my employer... On and off collectively, I worked for this person for like 13 years and um, they were a pain in the ass in the beginning. But when I went back like seven, eight years ago, Mm -hmm. um, 
they started to get much worse. And that, you know, that's someone saying, well, then quit your job and go somewhere else. Look, the reality was that I made a decent wage. Yeah. More than most other employers here for that same job were equal to were offering. Mm -hmm. I was close to home and I was able to still do my film stuff in terms of scheduling. I didn't have to like request days off and wait for permission yeah. to take them. And so, like you know, people. I know that if I start calling my employer out, which I did anyway, I'm going to be honest with you. Um, and for that, I got a bigger attitude and I got driven out. Yeah. So that was my, my reward it's, for doing the right thing mm -hmm. and speaking up and defending myself was that I got even more shit for it. Yeah. <laughs> so that it's is the, why people don't speak up. It's the retaliation culture of, uh, you know, work and stuff. It's it's very toxic and it happens all everywhere all the time because people, these managers or, or companies just feel like they need to keep people in line. And there's a million people that will take that job if you don't like it. So they have no, there's no stakes for them to to not be assholes and and yeah well it's just it's like the worst in the news this week because you um, can't just you can't just quit there's not going. there's he's not upset. just <laughs> there's not just jobs out there like oh just quit and get another job like it's just that especially easy especially now you know like there's people that especially in those fields i mean look every field's that way but you know <clears throat> there are a lot of people that want those jobs so when you get one it's very um it's coveted you know and so it's Probably the reason that they, they act that way is because they can. Well, they get away can, with it. Yeah. And uh, it's just. And now it's going to be a free for all because so many people have been out of work. You can get away with murder yeah. because who's going to want to say anything and lose their job? It really uh, grinds my gears. It does grind your gears, Tuts, I know. Um, so the the uh, so there were a couple things that we that we we're going to discuss here. And so uh, so two people that have sort of been in the news for this. One was Josh. Joss. I always want to call him Josh. Yeah. Joss Whedon. Yep. And Brian Singer. Yep. So, I, you know, I, it, it, I, I don't, I have an easier time believing, especially when, when it's not a big A-list celebrity that makes a complaint. The reason why I, I tend to believe what they're saying is because they have everything to lose by doing this. You might think, oh, they're doing it for attention. Trust me. It's not good attention. Yeah. You're never Especially going... Especially nowadays in cancel culture. This you know? is not a business where they're going to shake your hand for speaking up. Yeah. My mic was really far from my face. And now oh, it's boy. like, sorry, guys. Um, I was like, this sounds way better. What happened? Oh. <laughs> uh -huh. um, so especially as a, as a, a D-list actor or just an, an unknown actor, speaking out, speaking against... Somebody like that mm -hmm. could just completely derail your career. Yeah. So you're not doing it to get more jobs. Yeah. It doesn't work like that. Um, and it didn't. It didn't uh, appear as if the, that these people were speaking out as part of a lawsuit. Right. They were just saying like, "Here's here's the dish." Uh, Joss is kind of a dick. Yeah. And then um, I just always call him Spike. Um, James Marster. Yeah. Marsters. Marsterson. Mark. Something like that. Sure. James um, M. Good old James M. <laughs> he then also confirmed that he had had um, a, an incident with him on Buffy there mm -hmm. and uh, where he was like angry about the fact that he'd had a, a fan following because he was supposed to be a bad guy and he didn't want the fans to like him and things didn't work out the way he wanted. Yeah. And so he like cornered him and like threatened him and said that he was dead meaning his character. Yeah. Which is just well, so he childish. Was, he wow. Jesus Christ. I'll be here all week. <laughs> so um, I just kind of like, to me, that's just such a childish thing to do, especially right. especially when it's, you know, when it's a show that's called Buffy the Vampires. Yeah. <laughs> it's not like you're on Schindler's list and you're like, no, no, you're yeah. not supposed to like Schindler. <laughs> He's the bad guy. I'm upset here. We've done something wrong. It's like. It, this is an this is a, a series adaptation of a film that you did that you wrote. Yeah, like get over yourself. You weren't even that big then yet, and yeah. you already had that ego. So if you have an ego at that stage in yeah. your life, I can only imagine where you're at now. And I know many of our listeners are thinking, "Hey, Paul, you were on Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Did you happen <laughs> to notice anything like this happening?" And I can report to you that I did not. Well, that's because you were too far away from anything cool. Yeah. I didn't even meet Joss. He wasn't on set those days. I was. Maybe he was, and he was like, "Don't bring the weird." But the but the, the crew, the, the cast and crew seemed 
seemed fine, you know. Sarah Michelle Geller was joking with the extras and stuff. It was see a lot of people I heard gossip. I heard that she made life impossible. Oh, I'm sure. Set. Yeah, I, I who knows? It's very possible. I don't know. Um, but then also, so now coupled into that, we have Brian Singer, mm-hmm. um, who I think like people like didn't that the the question was how the hell did he continue to be hired as the director that he was that bad yeah that he made the sets um really unbearable and dangerous uh hugh jackman had gotten hurt Mm -hmm. and you know the people were just like i I just don't get that you know and here's the thing like i under i can't i can only imagine the pressure that comes with having to uh wrangle a 75 million who knows probably around about 75 million dollar set I'm ready to rip my hair out on a six thousand dollars set yeah. where I have nine people to manage, and I'm just like, "Come on, people!" Oh, yeah. uh, so I can I I get that there's stress there, but at no point, as stressed as I was, did I consider like putting our cast and crew in danger oh, yeah. or demeaning them or cornering them and screaming in their faces. Like, I just don't understand. It's like you know. In any profession, it's like, it's like being a racist doctor. Your job is literally to care for people, and that that has to be without bias. Yeah. Um. So if you if you can't do that, then this is not the profession for you. If you are a police officer or a detective, and you can't keep your cool in a stressful situation, this is not the career for you. Yeah. Um. So you know, if you want to be a big time director, then you have to be able to deal with big time issues. Yeah. And it's not like this was his first rodeo. I mean, his, the, the most uh, successful thing that he'd done initially in his career was usual suspects, I believe, mm. which is a big set. So it's not yeah. like this was your first time. Yeah. On set. And look, you it's, get it. it's, it's, you know, uh, there's a lot of money on the line, a lot of this stuff, but it's not, uh, it's not like trying to conquer world peace here. They're films. You know what I mean? It's just like you get more, Flies with honey than you do, right? Or sugar than you do with vinegar or something like that. Well, manure works. Yeah. So there is that. Yeah. I guess that's their approach. you want to act like a big piece of shit, that might work for you too. Yeah. Um, If you're white. So here, so there's that, that's, that's just, this has been the thing that's going around. And I think that it's necessary. I applaud people that are speaking out. There was the actor that spoke on what, you know, happened on Daredevil, Mm -hmm. which was, that was upsetting because I I loved that show. Yeah. There is no comic book based show that you will ever see me say that I love, but I loved that show. Mm-hmm. Um, it was unfortunate, uh, you know, was not keeping that his, his character was supposed to have a much bigger storyline, but the writers had their hands tied yeah. because uh, they claimed, or was it the director or producer or somebody uh, claims that you yeah, know, nobody know. would care about an Asian character's yeah. backstory. And so it was, this kind of stuff needs to be called out. I, I, I'm all for it, honestly. I think if you know, if if you you've been a jerk, time's up. Yeah, calling you out. Well, I the mean, tricky thing is like I don't know. You know, they're, they're, everybody's got to speak up, but you're speaking up without naming names, and that's it becomes a very gray area, a very tricky situation because there's no accountability. Yeah, there's no point. accountability. Even if you were to say, "Hey, I was on this movie I did once with this people I won't talk about, and this happened to me." Okay, well, that's. It's important to know that this is happening, obviously, mm-hmm. so we can do something about it. But without specifics, it, it's it, moot. It's not moot because it's important to know this stuff. But it is moot. <laughs> I say moot. We want names. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I feel like if you're if you're an asshole and you, you get called out by name, and the, then and that's the reason that's why that. I say and it's not like these people, either side of the person who's 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 blowing the whistle or the person who's getting their whistle blown. <laughs> If you will, <laughs> should be like depending on the situation, <laughs> should be like losing their jobs automatically or anything. It, it, it needs to be a discussion. I think everybody is so it's a very kind of a, a, a tightrope walk because you want to give people the opportunity to change and you want to give people the opportunity to recognize their mistakes up to a certain point. But, you know, I think everybody they hear something that somebody did, no chairs on set or whatever, and then I automatically want to. That person is the devil, and we never want to see another movie by that person or TV show or whatever again. And I think that is the extreme side of the extreme of one side, and then the other side you have all these people that keep getting away with treating people yeah. like crap and and getting away with it because nobody's going to come out and say, "Hey, this specific director or this specific producer yeah. is a jerk." And so, here, like, here's the thing: it's that. That, I think they debunked that no chairs on set. Thing. Yeah, I, I was just that that was, throwing that out there for yeah, comic I think, relief. I think, You're welcome. <laughs> um, I think that they did debunk that. But am I going to stop watching somebody's movies because they don't let their cast and crew sit? I mean, that's it's not an easy environment, I guess. But 
no, that's not the same as being sexually harassed or right. put in danger. Um, I'm a, I, I do, I do have a big, a, a bit of a, 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 a I'm in a tight spot mm-hmm. uh, when it comes to Tarantino because there's nothing about Tarantino's personality that tells me that he's an easy person to work with. Mm. I assume going in that this is not a person that you're going to be able to like, you know, just have like some flimsy, flamsy type of set with. Yeah. Um, and then you have the whole thing with him and Uma Thurman and the car and that, mm-hmm. you know, you know, so there's a lot to be said there for that. There are, there are variables. I can't say that that was right. I'm not going to be like, oh, well, you know, yeah, but it was a great movie. So it was worth it. No, it's not. Honestly, it's not. Mm-hmm. I, I didn't think that her driving in that car made the film. Yeah. So to me, it wasn't worth that. And I can I can say I think that he's an amazing director. He's one of my favorites. But that's bullshit. Well, for the people that don't know, why don't you explain the situation? Well, just that he had put her in a car that was kind of janky. Yeah. And the, the fear was that this car was not going to drive the way it was supposed to. Uh-huh. And um, that, you know, he was confident that it would be okay. And that Uma Thurman was very hesitant to do this. So she was the one driving. So, um she wound up crashing because the car kind of went wonky and she hurt, I believe her neck or something like that. Um, and then she came out years later to talk about it and call him out. And then at that point he gave her the footage. Apparently he had had this footage uh, of her crashing. And then I didn't he, know that part. he, they were kind of like the kind of beefing for a while. They've reconciled since mm-hmm. then. And he apologized and he gave her the footage and was like, fine, you can show the world like what happened. Mm-hmm. Um, he could have not, yeah. Not to, I'm not going to shake his hand for doing that, but you know, just, it could have he could have been like, yeah, sue me. <laughs> like, let's take this to court and see. Yeah. Uh, so I don't know. It's 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 weird. Um, keeping the theme going. Keeping the theme going. We are back. To, we have. I think we have mentioned Nolan and his this this charade hmm. uh, for <laughs> weeks now because every week it's a new announcement. We're yeah. not releasing. We're releasing. We're not. So now apparently he's releasing in 80 countries or something like that, uh, except for us, because, you know, we're stupid and we can't get our shit together. Yeah. But now the question is uh, piracy. So if this film's going to be out for like a month, how are we not going to get a bootleg of Tenant? Yeah. By September ish, I believe, when we're supposed to get it. Yeah. And uh, again, I'm like, what? Just release the film. Just. Yeah. You're only gonna hurt yourself at the theater because people are gonna boot like that, like crazy. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. I, I can't imagine people running to, especially in other countries where they may not have as strict kind of copyright laws. You know. I guess I, I don't. Or it yeah. might be easier for people to to pirate stuff. Someone's and then the, definitely gonna pirate this. There's no way there's yeah, that they're not course. gonna do that. Of course. Um, but they figure they can make most of their money back, especially in, other in places that are doing distancing. But isn't isn't China? Is it China? I believe they're putting like a. a ban on movies over two hours or something like that i have no idea what difference would it make if i'm sitting in a room for an hour and a half or two and a half hours i mean you're exposed to the same crap i would think with social distancing however that you're it's going to be even easier to pirate stuff because you don't have people right near you watching what you're doing yeah um i don't know speaking of theaters there was a um also an announcement that amc has partnered with um uh, Universal, well, so that wasn't it an agreement more so than yeah, whatever an agreement, a handshake, a head nod. I don't know what the fuck they do, sign shit. But point is, they can release films three weeks after they are released in theaters on VOD mm-hmm. or SVOD or whatever you want to call it, and uh, which is interesting um, because. And I don't know the specifics of it. I don't know if it's up to Universal, if it's up to AMC. I know AMC gets a kickback of that. They get mm-hmm. like 10%. So it'd be interesting. My theory, my theory is that... Who calculates that though? Yeah. Well, is it like know. a third party that has to be honest with both I sides? So. Here's I how much so. you made. Cause well, I'm yeah, you'd have because you, you have to then claim all that income and that's all traceable. So yeah. Anyway, um, because it's not like they're paying cash for VOD stuff, you know? Yeah. Anyway, point is, my theory is that they're doing this because when they release a film... And it, they'll know by the third week if it does well or doesn't do well. Right. And then if it doesn't, they'll just release it on BOD. If it does do well, they'll keep it in theaters and make more money. I guess, yeah. Yeah. That's my theory. I'm sticking to I, it. I got to tell you. I, I wish every movie would I'm do on that. board for this, <laughs> honestly, especially with all of it. Because we don't usually wait longer than three weeks. We usually go opening weekend. Yeah. 
if we're, um, we're going to see a movie, yeah. we would go. If I'm going to see something, I usually go opening weekend. So I'm not worried that I can't watch something three months after it came out. Like that's, you know, it's like whatever. Three weeks. No. You know how they like Knives oh. Out was out for like from, I don't know, from December to yeah. like March or something. They, they just kept that going. Um, and I, I just like, yeah, you, you're going to know with you're going to know an opening weekend if you pretty much have a success or not. Yeah. If it's got a weak opening, then it's probably not going to get better from there. Yeah. So I don't know. I think uh, I, I'm 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 for it. Mm-hmm. Yep. I'm for it. We'll see. Especially now, even before this whole thing hit, we were I mean, we used to go to the movies a lot more than we did once before the pandemic hit. You know, what? like we used to go to the movies more and then we started going less. We used to go like years ago. We used to go a yeah. lot, and then yeah. we then we started reserving it for like indie stuff that would happen to make it to yeah. AMC. We would go to um, big, big films, yeah, for the blockbusters and uh, for like nineteen seventeen yeah. and you know stuff like that that you want to see in the theater. We would go, um, you know, to see Joker and stuff like that. But anything else that I knew would probably be on streaming soon, I just waited for because. Yeah. Mo- just based purely on the on the cost it was like all right by the time you because then we got spoiled with the fancy seats so i'm like all yeah. right so that's like 30 dollars just to sit down and watch the movie and if we were going to alamo then we had to drive an hour to alamo yeah. and spend money on gas and it's just like uh so yeah i i can I, I don't know i'm not gonna cry about not being able to go to the movies for a while. Yeah. Uh, speaking of, our film of Vital Sign will be playing at the Romford Film Festival mm-hmm. um, in England. So uh, you know, I think they're they're supposed to be doing social distancing and stuff like that. When Brewster's um, doing the drive-in. Well, I was too. just about to announce that we made it into Brewster. If you would have just let me do that, uh, didn't step on my words. Damn it! God damn it! Uh, so, uh, well, we made it into Brewster Film Festival. Jesus Christ. Well, I was excited to say something. Yeah, you seemed really excited about it. Um, so, yeah, they're doing like a drive-in thing. Uh, that's the 28th and 29th, I believe. Mm-hmm. Whichever is Friday and Saturday at the end. So it's either 27th, 28th, or 28th and 29th. Um, so that Friday and Saturday. So it's it's obviously limited space because how many cars can you cram into one spot for a screen? But um, so, yeah, so uh, if you are local... If you're in the Hudson Valley area, it's uh, V V like Victor O, B like Boy Film Festival. You can get your tickets. They have a list of when, what things are playing. Yep. Our film will be on Saturday. Um, Indeed. So, you know, check it out. You can stay in your car. It's safer. Um, so, uh, of course, if it rains, then it's <laughs> it's not going to happen. Yeah. Um, and th- there's not a refund. However, here's what they're doing. Uh, Bob and Stacey uh, Dumont no relation, uh, have teamed up with a local restaurant. I guess it's the, the spot, the spot that they're using. Mm -hmm. And, um, so the ticket, your, your admission ticket per car. So it's, I guess, however many people you want to cram into a car safely that you've maybe been around or wearing masks. (laughs) People you want to bring into your germ circle. Exactly. People that you can bring into the germ circle. Um, so they are, so the, the ticket is $25. However, you get a $20, gift card for the restaurant that's nice are you you getting me here mm-hmm. so uh so you're basically paying for dinner yeah it's like five dollars that they, that they would get um for that but i thought i thought that was really it's, it's really interesting because you know two people go to the movies for 25 dollars, and all you get in this movie mm-hmm. um and so here you're getting to watch a bunch of stuff and uh and then you're also you're getting a 20 dollar certificate so that's pretty cool. Very cool. Um, and if if it's rained out, also just so you know, you still get the gift certificate. The gift certificate. So um, it's a f- iron and wine restaurant on Route Twenty Two in Patterson. Yeah, so it's kind of a win, even if it rains out. You get yep. you know you get a twenty dollar. So you lose the five bucks if it gets rained out, but you still get something for it. It's not yeah. like you lost completely. So I thought that was pretty clever, and uh, that's pretty cool. Bob and Stacy have always been really good about like just doing stuff for the films yeah you know and not making it one of the good ones big like giant profitable party that uh most festivals turn into most festivals turn into honestly uh so uh they've been doing really cool things for for uh indie filmmakers so shout out to them Mm -hmm. um all right so what what inspires us who inspires us inspires us whom are you most inspired by so we we've made our lists Minus, Check them twice. 
Mine is extensive uh, because I have a lot of actors that I want to work with. Obvi. Uh, so, you know, who wants to go first? Um, all right. Well, we're going to break this. Down. We're going to do your movies and my movies, your directors and my Like, how, how do you well, want to? Well, I mean, I started with actors. Okay. So Let's start with actors. So actors, actors, actresses, all actors. But I had to break it, break it down into sets. Oh, I, I, I just lumped mine all of together. Of course you did. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Um, who's going first? What do you want to do? Well, uh, uh, yeah, I guess I can go first. Um, I so here's the thing for for mine. Some We'd of the love to say that. Here's the thing. Yeah, we well, should have called the show. Here's the thing. Most of damn it. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. Podcast. Um, a lot of these actors may not be the best actors in the world. Oh, in no. terms of skill, we haven't but seen each other's list. By the way, but, I have no idea what yeah, you're going to say. But they're actors that had a huge impact on my life for one reason or another. Do you know what I mean? Okay, but it was supposed to be a list of people you want to work with. Is that what they are? No, these are people that have inspired me or had some kind of okay. I have stake okay. I have that career. too, but that one's much lower because I didn't want to keep it going for too long. No. Do you have a huge? The, no, it's not a huge list. It's just I went with people that for actors anyway mm-hmm. and directors too. Uh, people that have inspired me, but they may not be the best at their craft in terms of like technical stuff or emotionality or whatever. I hear this. I haven't seen this. I I must know now. Go, go. I'll explain. (laughs) Um, Well, okay. So, so the first one will give you a good clue as to, as to my thinking. So this is my first pick and this isn't in order of importance. This is just random order. So are mine. Everything's random. Yeah. So it's Bruce Campbell. Obviously, you know, so that's a good example of like, is he the best? He's going to win an Academy Award? Probably not. But he's had a huge impact on my career and my life because um, I'll get into that more when I talk about the movies. Um, Jackie Chan Mm -hmm. had a huge impact. Well, first off, Bruce Campbell. I don't know if we're explaining (laughs) if you want to explain. Well, I mean, we have to get through a whole bunch of things. So Bruce Campbell did because I grew up on like Evil Dead and Army of Darkness stuff. Jackie Chan is a huge one because. Before I wanted to be an actor, I wanted to be a stuntman, and Jackie Chan was like stuntman Paul. Yeah, he was he was a, a big influence on 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 me. Zach Braff was a mm-hmm. huge influence on yeah. me. Um, Scrubs is is a huge a show that is personal to me. So much so whatever. that you're rewatching it every week to follow along with their podcast yep. as they talk about each episode. Yep, Jim Carrey, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, Tom Cruise, which is a weird one, I know, and there's really? a lot of controversy because A Few oh, Good okay, Men was such. Good men. Was, so it was the first time I saw A Few Good Men. Well, I'll get into that when if I talk about If that's on your list, movie. yeah, wait. Um, Simon Tom Pegg. Cruise. Simon Pegg is a is a big one. Tatiana Maslany is a big one. Robert Downey Jr. Yeah, but is a these, big one. Yeah, but but Tatiana Maslany is new. That's not someone that inspired you. You're all over the place with this list. You did not listen to the rules. Well, go yeah, ahead, keep because going. I don't have a lot. Because here's the thing: I started so late, and I don't have a lot of um, influences from back in the day. A lot of my influences are newer, like Viola Davis, Meryl Streep, Amy Adams, Jennifer Connelly. Okay, you know stuff like that. Um, so that's basically my list. A lot of these people are. Were those on the list? All of those? Yeah. You just zoomed right through those. Yeah. Huh? Okay. Yeah, I mean, it's not, it's not Meryl Streep, obviously, Amy Adams, obviously, Jennifer Cotton, Viola Davis, uh, you know. I mean, I could I could list a whole bunch, but I wanted to kind of hit the ones that really well, stuck the, out the, at me. This was supposed to be people that inspired you to want to make films. Yeah, that's – well, but that's what's weird about it is I already do make films. So, But people can still inspire me now. Yeah, but that's different. Yeah. That's different. All right. Anyway. If we were sticking to like people that inspired us before we started making films, yes, my short my list point. would my list would be a lot shorter because there wasn't a lot. Well, who who would be on that list? You'd have Bruce Actor Campbell, wise. Jackie Chan, Zach Braff, Jim Carrey, Tom Cruise. And that's it, probably. That's probably it. Yeah. Okay. That's where you should have kept it, my All right. old man. All right. <laughs> so, um, keeping with the theme, just on people that inspired me. So this isn't these aren't actors that um, that that are on my current list that list is extensive but these were these these uh these four people were oh and michelle yo and, and zhang z i can't say her name but zhang z Yi. those two yeah. real okay, inspiration sorry. can't say her name <laughs> so, well it's because i'm an idiot not because um so the 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 four people that inspired me the most um were people that i i did watch at the time and this goes from childhood into like late teens um, and so the first, the very first person that inspired me was Lucille Ball. Uh-huh. So it was the first actor that I had, ex- like, that I had a, a, a connection to that 
loved the show and was like, oh my God, she's just like doing her thing and you know, whatever. Um, after that uh, was Lori Metcalf, mm-hmm. who's just like, yeah, com- like she's probably one of my biggest inspirations as a comedic actress. And this was based solely as playing Jackie Harris on yeah. Roseanne. I felt like she was, to me, a better character than Roseanne. I enjoyed yeah. her more. Um, and uh, so and then came, obviously, Gary Oldman, mm-hmm. who's a huge inspiration, and Philip Seymour Hoffman. Those were like the four people into my teens that I was like, all right, wait a minute, wait a minute. Yeah. I, I want to try this acting yeah. thing. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, those were mine. Uh, what do, what, let's, uh, let's, okay. let's go to, to, um, I guess we'll, we'll keep to the theme and go to actors. Did you do a list for actors that you would like to work with or direct? Um, not really. No, Okay. but they're in this, I mean, these actors. Glad you listened to the conversation we had there, bud. Uh, so. I mean, any of those people that I listed, you know, but I have. Mine's going to be way more annoyingly long (laughs) just because as an actor, it's like you want to, you're. I've said this before, I'll say it again. You're only as good as your scene partner. Yeah. So, well, that's the thing is I, I feel like my list for actors I would want to work with would be just insane. Yeah, mine is mine is as well. I had to shave it down because I was like, it's going to take an hour for me to go through it. So these are, I, I think I've cut it down to like 20 each male and female <laughs> actors. Um, and so going down the list. In no particular order. I just, they're just, yeah. uh, they're just in there the way they are. Uh, Laurie Metcalf, mm-hmm. Betty Gilpin, yeah. Murat Weber, yeah. Tatiana Maslany, Tony Collette, Sally Field, Olivia Coleman, Charlize Theron, Viola Davis, Amy Adams, Frances McDormand, Jessica Lange, and Pamela Robb. Okay. Those are, those are the ladies. And there's there's more, but those are like the main ladies that like when they're in something or they're or they are in something that I'm like, I'm going to watch that. Um, There's one person that's not in there that should be. But the reason why I kept them out is because it's such an obvious and it's Meryl Streep. Yeah. Like you you can't go wrong working with Meryl Streep. You know what I mean? But I don't know. You know, like. I love Meryl Streep. I think she's a, you either love, you either love her or hate her. People love to hate her. Um, I love Meryl Streep. I think she's an amazing actor. But like when I watched Doubt, to me, that's a really strong role for her. I loved her in that. But then although Viola Davis had a small part, I felt like she was just as like she was just equal to her in that. Yeah. Um, I don't know. There's something about Viola Davis. Like she, she commits to a snot cry like no other actor that I've ever seen. Most people will find a way <laughs> to wipe their nose. She's a snot crier. Yeah. Some people are, some people aren't. She's one, she's a snot crier. And it's just sort of like a, it's like a second nature, especially on camera when people are watching and your nose is running all over your face to want to wipe that. She just fucking goes with it. Like, yeah. She does not break character. Maybe um, she doesn't have any feeling in like her upper lip. And she doesn't know it's there. <laughs> she doesn't know it's there. Yeah. I doubt it. Hmm. Um, she, cause you, she has at times kind of like moved her mouth in a way or like run yeah. her finger, but she'll do it way late into the game where I think like your average actor out of insecurity would have already wiped their nose yeah. and broken character. And she it sounds just like a, a, a trivial it. thing, but it, it's uh it says a lot yeah. about how deep you go into a role when yeah. you can do that. Um, so she's just like, I just can't with her um, actors also in no particular order. Uh, Leonardo DiCaprio. Mm-hmm. I might be in some kind of order. <laughs> Just because he's my favorite. Uh, first of all, top of this list would have been Philip Seymour Hoffman. Let's just get that out of the way. Yeah. Um, uh, Leonardo DiCaprio, Gary Oldman, Tom Hardy, Giovanni Ribisi, uh, Jamie Foxx, who I know you're yeah. like, eh, but I, I, no, I, I don't really dislike him, but it's just, him. yeah. Um, Robert Downey Jr., James McAvoy, Benicio del Toro, Jason Bateman. Andrew Scott, Alan Tudyk, Ryan Gosling, Mark Ruffalo, Jesse Plemons, Joaquin Phoenix, and Christopher Abbott. Mm, it's a good list. Those are my boys. Yeah. Those are just people that um, some of them are not hard on the eyes, but that's just coincidence. Yeah. If you know me, you know that. Yeah. Um, because there's some people that I'm like, ooh, and other people are like, really? <laughs> and I'm like, but they're a genius. Yeah. How is that not automatically the sexiest thing you've ever seen? Yeah. Just goes talent goes a long way for me. Some people are just like typically aesthetically attractive, yeah. And then there's people that you may not think on there, but they're they're on there for me. Mm. So those are those are my people. If I get to work with one of them in my lifetime, yeah, <laughs> it would be amazing. But uh, that that's that's my that's my dream list. Now I have a list of of uh, 
cinematographers and directors that I would like to work with. I don't know how that works for you because you are both. I have ones that I, I that have inspired me and have okay. ones that I really like. Okay. But like, how does that? But that continue to inspire me. Yeah. Like when I watch it, I'm just like, whoa. Okay, so I'll say, my, I'll say the the I'll say the um the cinematographers that I would want to work with because mm -hmm. that's a weird one for you since you are a cinematographer. Yeah, but um, I would, but I'm also a director. I would love to work with cinematographers. But did you put any on your list? Yeah, I have some. Okay, good. All right, so go. Who? Are, what cinematographers would you like to work with? Well, Deacons, obviously. I mean, mm -hmm. praise be. Yeah, yeah uh, it's true. He's the best. I actually really like Bradford Young. Mm -hmm. He's done like a rival, Most Violent Year. Um, I had to look a lot of these people up because I don't necessarily follow a lot of DPs, but I, there's a lot of movies that I'm like, I love this movie and I love this movie and I love this movie. Oh, yeah. they're the same DP. The so same clearly, people, yeah. you know, um, Robert Richardson who did like, um, he's on my list. Yeah, he did. Uh, well, Boy, he that, did a few good men. Tarantino's. Yeah. That's Z Tarantino's <laughs> guy, but his, his films look Z great. Our, you know? Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, Wally Pfister. Who's done a lot of um, Nolan stuff. Mm -hmm. Nolan stuff always looks really great. And Emmanuel Lubezki. Okay. Who did okay. Children of Men, Revenant, Birdman, Gravity. Okay. Um, Children of Men, I think, is such an amazingly looking film. And I just, so is Gravity, obviously, in The Revenant. But. I have, yeah. I, I have, um, I only have three. Just because, again, I could have gone on a tangent and it would have yeah. been too long. So I did three. Ironically, two of them have been guests. So um, Jessica Lee Genyi, yeah. I would love to work with her. Jody Lee Lipes, yeah. I would love to work with him. And obviously Robert Richardson, because it's Quentin's guy, and I want to work with that guy. Yeah. So those, uh, it's that's funny. We honestly have. No, I would not see each other's list. I would, but that, it's a tangent, you know. Yeah. I mean, t Deacons is like the streep on the list. It's yeah. like obviously you want to work with Deacons. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, like. Yeah. Um, but you know, Jessica Lee Genyi and Jody Lee Lipes are are newer cinematographers mm -hmm. that are, are sort of have recently just sort of yeah. uh, inspired me. And Jodie Lee, uh, uh, Jessica Lee Gagne is one of those people that I don't know until I've been watching something and then the cinematographer pops up and yeah. I'm like, holy shit. It, of yeah, course she did great. this. <laughs> like, I would of love course. to work with both of them. Um, yeah. So th those would be my three. All right. So what about, um, is there, I, my, my list was short. I kept it to two. There's so many, because if you say films that inspired me through my life, we'd be here until next yeah, week. Yeah, I started going down that rabbit hole, and then, but then... I, I cut it to two. I, I, I'm going to cut it to... Like, I probably have, like, 10 to 15 here, but yeah, I'm going to keep it to, like, just a couple. I could one, easily do that, but there were two, if I'm being honest, and this was during my teen years, because during my teen years was when I was really like, man, I would love to be an actor. Mm -hmm. Um. I felt like that as a kid as well. But as a teen, I was like, maybe this is possible, maybe. So I became a pastry chef. <laughs> um, and so, but there were two films that I watched as a teenager that sort of stopped me in my tracks. And I was like, films. Um, the first one was Leon the Professional. Mm -hmm. It just so happened that Gary Oldman was <laughs> as yeah. well. But that was the first movie that I was, that just sort of became enthralled, if you will, with the entirety of a film before I would watch a movie yeah. to watch a movie. And that was the first time I watched it as a film just yeah. cohesively. And the second film was dead man walking, <laughs> which may not, that film brings me to my knees every freaking time. And it was the first film that I watched sobbing, just completely sobbing, mm. uh, was just so beautifully done. So th those were like the two most inspirational films for me as a teenager in terms of like, film as a whole, but not because forget it. I'd be like Beetlejuice, Bill and Ted, like yeah, <laughs> just yeah. like going off on all types of uh, genres. Yeah. Well, for me, the first one is similar to, to Leon for you, but it's a few good men for me. It was the first time I watched a movie as a film being as a film that was made. The structure of it. Yeah. yeah. Like and, and, and Tom Cruise specifically, his performance in that and, and Jack Nicholson's too was the first time I ever looked at like this actor is giving a performance here versus just watching a movie and mm -hmm. getting lost in the world and everything. It was the first time that I actually took note of like, wow, this is exceptional and this uh, these performances are amazing and, and I must have watched that film a million times and it's it's what's kind of inspired me to want to be an actor, which led to mm -hmm. being a director. Um, the other one is Rumble in the Bronx. But it's also Fearless Hyena. Those kind of go together because I watched them both at the same time. Uh, they're both Jackie Chan films. And that's what led me to want to be a stuntman. Which the led Chan me to, Chan man. The Chan Chan man. <laughs> uh, which led me to want to be an actor and director. And so down that 
that kind of rabbit hole. So those those two, uh, I mean, Army of Darkness and the whole Evil Dead series is it was inspirational because when I first started out, I wanted I made a lot of horror films, being very inspired by Sam Raimi. Everyone and, starts out making horror films. Yeah, um, I wonder why that is. Yeah, well, because they're easy and, and you got a lot of you got a lot of uh, le- le- latitude in terms of like how bad it can be. Because it's funny, films. they're easy, but to me, they're the. I shouldn't hardest. say they're easy, but they're the hardest to pull off successfully they're the easiest to gain an audience for because absolutely you know but yeah i mean i have the whole i mean i can go down the scott pilgrim shawn of the dead rad that, yeah but that's new stuff volume, you know like that's all that new stuff, stuff. <laughs> it's not new none of those are new scott pilgrim, scott pilgrim are you but kidding me gleaming the cube pump of the volume they're not new no they aren't days and uh, but you didn't Groundhog you didn't day, watch those Dumb as a filmmaker you were no. just watching those for funsies yeah um all right so what else what else do i have okay so uh director to yeah, there's two categories left that I have. Oh, um, what do you have? I have recent, the five most recent films within the past like 15-ish years that have inspired me as a filmmaker. Okay. Um, and In the directors. past how many years? Like 15, 10, oh, okay. 15 years. Like since I... I have know, that mixed in here with my regular movies. I, I say this because these were the films, like these were films that came out around, there's only one that came out before it. Um, but the rest, the rest came out during a time when we were making, like where we had met and we were making films. And so that's when you just, you start watching things differently. Um, I'll, I will never watch a film the way I watched a film before being a filmmaker. Right. It's, it's, it's impossible. Mm -hmm. There's you, you're sort of fine tooth combing everything that you watch. You're looking for cinematography, for sound, stuff that you just didn't pay attention to before. And these were films that for me were like, whoa. Um, uh, There's also another actor that (laughs) I struggled with. I had him on the list. I took him off the list. I put him back on. I took him off. It's Ben Mendelsohn. I really love Ben Mendelsohn. Mendelsohn. Um, I I was just like, oh, this can keep going. Because then if I put Ben Mendelsohn, then I have to put, um, oh God, and I forgot his name. Real fan I am. Yeah, you really want to work with this person. Um, really it's just because I'm having a brain fart right now. Yeah. Um, Martha Marcy May Marlene, Dust Till Dawn. Oh, John, John Hawks. John Hawks, yes. Yeah. I'm like, I know his name. Um, I really like John Hawks. I think he's a really good actor. So yeah. um, he, he, they were all on there, but I'm like, this is going to keep going and it's never going to end. Uh, so, okay, so what are we doing now? So we're going... going the more recent films that more are More recent inspired. films? Yeah. Okay. Uh, for me... Mm-hmm. Uh, this was right before we met, but it, I still had it on the brain was Death Proof. Okay. Uh, you're going to notice a theme. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, specifically with actors. Yeah. <laughs> the specific actor. I did not intentionally. It's just, it just so happens to be. So Death Proof, Tucker and Dale versus Evil, mm. Django Unchained, Shutter Island, and Wolf of Wall Street. Those were the five films as a filmmaker that like I can just watch over and over and over and yeah. just pull so much from and still find new things in them. Yeah. And it just so happens to be that Leonardo <laughs> crushed most of those. Yeah. I just love them. Yeah, Tucker and Dale's a good one. Um for me, it's uh Scott Pilgrim. Yeah, yeah. Obviously. I, I, I was Shaun of the Dead, obviously yeah. another good one. Um also The Matrix. Really? Yeah, because that's old though. Yeah, it's it's kind of it, it teeters, but it was very revolutionary. Was that 1999? A, yeah, it's very revolutionary as a film. Really, The Matrix. Yeah, I mean, not like that on I'll, an it, effects yeah, standpoint. Yeah, just from okay. a technical standpoint. They were the first to really nail that. I yeah. mean, that was the first time we'd seen shit we'd never seen before. Yeah, uh, 1917, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I mean, The yeah. Matrix. Yeah, mm-hmm. that was huge, 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 huge. Yeah. Yeah, I will agree that that uh, whether whether the movie as a whole was something that you enjoyed or not, there the effects and the visuals on that. Yeah, I mean, skipped it, so many levels yeah. from where we were at that time. What we had been seeing in the mid '90s, I feel like that was if we if you followed if you followed the the pattern mm-hmm. of effects, they jumped ahead like five years. It felt yeah. like they just went and then they set. And then all of a sudden they set this bar. Yeah. And I was like, wait, so we were capable of this the whole time? Why were we just going at a snail's pace? Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. We could have had the Matrix maybe five years ago, if you think about it. Um, yeah, they, they definitely, I saw that in the theater. I remember like being in the theater mm. and being like, what is happening right now? Yeah. It's pretty cool. The sequel is not so much for me. Oh, it? another film. Uh, this is a film I should have put in my um, inspiration is Eraserhead. Yes. I was going to say you were a big that. Lynch fan yeah. when we met. You did say. 
Um, all right, so uh, directors, I have three. Okay, there I have, are so many I have a more. Lot, but yeah, there's so so many. This one's tough for me because when I started out, I, I wanted to be a stuntman, and then I was like, man, nah, I don't know about a stuntman. And then I, I wanted then to be a stuntman. I started acting, and then I fell in love with acting, mm-hmm. and then I wanted to act, so I started making my own films. Then I fell in love with directing. So there's no like real progression there in terms of I saw this film or this guy, and then yeah. I really. But these are people that have inspired me um are we are we gonna break this up into like oldies and new ones as well i didn't do that okay i would like if we were doing that forget it my list would would have kept going i mean i have three main ones but there's 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 more yeah same, same i mean i have yeah i have a bunch but we'll make it actually make no it quick. Uh, no i well all right i have four <laughs> okay i have four main ones but then there's other people so the people like i'm gonna say the people that i didn't put in the list but really want to work with one of them is jordan peele i've not loved everything that he's done but i think that he has a really cool unique vision yeah and i would love to work with him and Catherine bigelow yeah i almost Um, put her on i i you know i she she just really makes quality stuff but um it's like i i've watched her stuff through circumstance and so that's why i didn't want to be like big old poser and be like whoa i want to throw a female director in there because i'm going to be honest with you they're all men yeah and um there's a lot there's there's great female directors out there but the problem is that we're still yeah we're still but this is a this is fairly new that you're hearing you know so it's like i need to watch more stuff yeah by women and and like fall in love with their stuff to to make this list that's the only reason why it's not they're not talented i wouldn't work with them it's just that i'm being honest in that this is a male-dominated field and i got into it when it was male-dominated so yeah, that's why even more people so are then, on. Yeah. yeah that's why it's it's mostly yeah. men so the four for me um would be uh, oh jesus i lost my list here um quentin tarantino yeah. <laughs> obviously what it works quentin tarantino martin scorsese david fincher and m night Shyamalan. so these who are people i rag that- on sometimes but i still want to work with him and these these but, are directors that I would. These are the directors that I I just I I think offer so much mm. in terms of an actor and learning. I feel like their sets are very different. Yeah, and that's I've I, I picked directors that I feel like are inspirational to me because they're different and they're not. You yeah. know these people. Yeah, well, the same, it, so. same thing. You know a Fincher film when you yeah, see yeah. it. You know Scorsese. Yeah, you know Tarantino. List, you know Shyamalan. Like they have their own. Yeah, look. like for me, it's it's Sam Raimi. It's the first one because uh, for obvious like and good. And then look, he's not the most technically, you know, whatever, you know, he hasn't won any Academy Awards. But mean yeah, his style is, was is hugely influential to me, especially at the beginning. Edgar Wright, his style is hugely influential to me. M. Night Shyamalan. Oh, you got the Shyamalan yeah, on there? Yeah, I got him on there. I have Nolan on here. Um, Fincher. Uh, I mean, I have a list, but I don't. I don't know if I want to go down this whole list of the thing. The people thing like with... Malick and Ang Lee and Del Toro and Tim Burton is a huge yeah, one Tim too. Tim Burton, yeah, that would be fun. Peter Jackson, um... Ryan Johnson, D- Denny Villeneuve, <laughs> uh, Aronofsky, Danny Boyle, you know, and even David Sandberg. I like David Sandberg a lot. Aronofsky's like, I respect him because he he does his thing yeah and i respect that I, and any director but, that does their thing whether I, I like all their shit or not is usually is somebody i have yeah, a lot of respect for i think for. that's that's something that's important to say is that i don't have to love everything that you do for me to love you as the the the, the, artist, the yeah. artist in your profession because yeah. <clears throat> nobody's perfect tarantino has stuff that i'm like mm, okay that wasn't my favorite uh hateful it was one of them <laughs> yeah hateful it was one of them i actually didn't i would have absolutely seen it in the theater i've seen almost everything in the theater, except for like Pulp Fiction and Reservoir Dogs, and those were the only two that I didn't see because um, there was that was like way back. But um, I didn't get to see it because I got sick, mm. and uh, so we wound up, I think, getting like a bootleg of it. Somebody because I was like, I want to go, I want to oh, see boy. it, and um, it wasn't my favorite. There's aspects of it that were good. Sure, it looked great because it's going to because Richardson was, you know what I mean. But mm. it just wasn't my favorite. That's okay. Not everything's going to be your favorite. Um, and what's what I think is important on both of our lists is that all those people, they are very hands on. Right. Because you have the director that yeah. solely directs, really is not doesn't have the eye of a cinematographer. Fincher is like 100 percent just involved in his films. Yeah. 
he's a director, but he's not just directing a film. Yeah. He's involved in that film. He's involved in the effects. He's involved in everything. Same thing with Shyamalan. He's yep. an all around. There's a difference between being a director and a filmmaker. Yeah. And all the people on my list are filmmakers. Yeah. Scorsese, same thing. Yeah, Scorsese. He's yeah. not just directing and standing in the corner. I didn't put him on there because... You're not a big Scorsese and Tarantino you know, fan. Yeah. Uh, and, and nothing. And they're both masters of their craft, obviously. But for me personally, they're not like influential. They're in that your way. Kubrick for me, where I'm like, yeah, it looked good, it was okay, but I don't. <laughs> no, not not even that. Like I, I I like them more than I like Kubrick. But um, you know, they're they're just not someone who's been influential on me yeah. in that way. Their stuff's great. I'll watch a Scorsese film any day, you know. Or um, but they're not somebody that I, I look at this and I'm like, I walk away and I'm like, that was. I don't know how you couldn't feel that way walking away from Janko. Janko was good. It was good. Good. <laughs> I like Shutter Island better. Listen, Shutter Island's amazing. It's on yeah. my list. That film for me is one of the best films. And, you know. It's one of my favorites. It's a, for me. I, I know, wish you would make more films I like that. I know the purists are going to be like, oh, are you not picking all of his, you know, good, Raging, yeah. Bill, Raging Bull? And, and look, Goodfellas, Goodfellas really should have been on my list. Yeah. Um, it really should have. But the problem is I'm so sick of it. Yeah. That I, I didn't put it you on there. You made yourself sick of it. I made myself sick of it. I have seen that movie easily over 200 times. I've seen that movie in my life. So it I didn't put it on there, but it yes, it is it is one of, the, for me, it's one of his greats. Um, but Shutter Island and Wolf of Wall Street yeah. were my favorite films that he's done, which were the least yeah. typical of his, you know, they didn't have gangsters in it and yeah. Um, I mean, Shutter Island is is like a masterpiece. It's such a great film. But he also did the um, with Garfield. He did that film. Andrew Garfield. Yeah, with Garfield and uh, Kylo Ren. <laughs> well, it's just called Kylo Ren. Oh, that one where they're like uh, traveling in the. It was a, it was a historic. Yeah, It yeah, was like yeah. a period piece, which it was a very it was a very slow paced film. That was a good film though. But it looked beautiful. Mm-hmm. It was a slow paced film, but again. That's what I love about that type of a director that says, you know what, this isn't what I'm known for, but I want to make this yeah. film and I'm going to make it. And I don't care if it's successful. Or not. There's no way he made that film thinking that it was going to be as right. big as, as, you know, Goodfellas or right. The Irishman or what, you know what I mean? He, but he wanted to make that film. So yeah. he did it. That was yeah. it. <laughs> you know? um, what is uh, Kylo Ren's real name? Adam Driver. Adam Driver. <laughs> <laughs> it was bugging me because I'm like, I keep calling him Kylo Ren. Uh, Adam Driver... I'm gonna say he's like like he he's got a toe in my list. Yeah, it's good. And for me, it was it was we the first time we saw him was in Girls, and I was like, mm. what is this guy's deal? He's like weirdly hilarious and bizarre, and um. But see, then the star, you know, then everyone knew him because of Star Wars. That's what threw him, you know that. Yeah. And I don't like the Star Wars, so I'm like, eh. For me, it's like uh the divorce story or yeah. whatever. When you see him do that kind of stuff, I'm yeah. like, man, that that that. Even, fight scene even that his they take, had was so intense. Yeah, even his take on Kylo Ren was interesting because it wasn't. Uh, I don't think he took too many. Made you have to make conventional choices because it's a blockbuster. But I feel like he still tried to infuse a little bit of his take on that character yeah. more so than you know most actors would do in that situation. They would just play it straight because it's a big block. They don't want to take any chances with blockbusters. But yeah. I feel like uh, he had an interesting take in in, in that. Yeah, there, there's it, these types of lists are tough because. People inspire you in different ways. And um, there were so many people that I was like, oh, they're on. I got to keep it shorter. I got, yeah. you, know, you know, I had like, oh, man. It just <laughs> it's, One that I, I struggled with was Forrest Whitaker mm. um, because I really enjoy Forrest Whitaker. Yeah, he's great. Like, he's really good. I really like him. He's got this like that. That's another thing is that like you have an impression of a person because Forrest Whitaker is like this big fluffy guy and you think he's going to be like really sweet. I don't know. Maybe he's a dick. I don't know. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I hope that he isn't though, but um, he just looks like a really good scene partner. Hmm. So many damn people out there. It's yeah. just, uh, and, and that's the thing is like, I have the A-listers on here, but then I have people that the average, you know, non-filmmaker would be like who the hell is that they they might recognize their face but they don't know their name and um well, christopher it's, abbott it's that? not all, well christopher abbott Merritt weber betty gilpin like well, jesse plemons like nobody knows who that you know like if you say jesse plemons to like someone who's not in film then what are you talking about but um it, he just delivers every time and i mm-hmm. and and he does he played his son but he doesn't look like philip seymour hoffman so i just have a love for him yeah uh he could do no wrong <laughs> so, yeah um yeah those are our lists. That's that's the 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 journey into our brains mm-hmm. and our inspiration as filmmakers. Some similarities, but then also really different. Yeah. 
so weird that we, I'm air quoting, work well together. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you got a lot of Jackie Chans and. Well, my my sense of your sensibilities are much more art artistic. I would say not that my artsy. Not, I'm artsy fartsy. Yeah, a little bit more artsy. Like I grew up on um, a steady diet of sci-fi and uh, <laughs> horror. You know. So I'm I'm naturally more drawn to science fiction, uh, Star Wars type stuff, but I also love artsy fartsy stuff. So and I love my favorite movies are when they combine those two things. Mm-hmm. When you have like indie sci-fi stuff, those are generally my favorite movies. Um, where yours tend to be more like documentaries and dra- straight dramas and and stuff like that. So, but you do love like sci-fi as well. So I do, yeah, I do. I really like I really like sci-fi. Um, and um, that. That's the tricky part. It's just like I think because sci- I mean sci-fi is more so than like horror action or something is one of the only genres you can get away with saying something. Yeah, and I mean, well, see, here's the thing though: is like an, one of my favorite sci-fi movies that is more modern, not completely modern, but more modern is Moon. Yeah, that was like, and it's very simplistic. There's not a lot of show going on there. It the the outsides the outside scenes did not hold up. Yeah. Um, but to me, the story and the concept was so strong. Sam Rockwell's another actor that I really had kind of, he was on my list as Sam well. Rockwell. And Oscar Isaac was another yeah. person that I was like, God, you know, it's just, um, cause ex machina, you know, yeah. just the, that's my type of Vikander. sci-fi. Uh, yeah. At least Alicia Vikander. She's so good. I just can't. I can't. It's just the list is too big. Uh, but that that's my kind of like you grew up with more like Tron type stuff. Yeah. I See, I didn't do Star Tron, Wars. Yeah, I didn't watch one. Tron until I was like 12. I watched that a lot. So I didn't get into sci-fi until I was in my teens. Mm-hmm. And I watched horror as a like a young kid. I um, really should have put The Exorcist on there. Yeah. On my list. That was a pretty influential film yeah. for me. Damn it. See, there's so many. I can't think of them like, on the spot. But that I have to throw that one in there. That film was like pretty epic for me. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Those uh those dramatic sci-fis are my favorite. Straight yeah. sci-fis, I'm usually not See, so I can much get down of a with fan straight of. Fi- yeah, sci-fi you, too. you like like the those sci-fi shows. I can't really do them. I can't do like the the sack off yeah. type shows like where I'm like, I already know what's going to happen. Somebody in this group is not good. We think they're good. They're going to turn out yeah. bad. They're going to mess everything up for everybody. And then everybody has yeah. to rally against them. Like I can see like why people like them. They just, they do nothing for me. Mm. I like, you know, like, like the really artsy fartsy type of sci-fi. I'm a snob when it comes to that. I will. Yeah. I, I shall admit that. Yeah. Oh, I can't. I, <laughs> I can't keep going. I was going to say Emily Blunt because... I yeah I uh, but she's you know yeah I, I really do like I would her. love to work with Emily Blunt as well I think that she she she's really fun God mm-hmm. damn it it'll never happen I'm not gonna work with any of these people and you know what that's okay I'm still gonna do what I do um, that's our show this week it is uh, our shout outs obviously first and foremost to MoGraph 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 podcast network network <laughs> say that all in separate words MoGraph podcast network. network. Um, they are, what, what, what are they? They're, are they like, we're in their platform? Yeah, what is that? Yeah. Well, we're in Cause their, you can't say, yeah, we're in their, their, um, we're on their website. <laughs> we're in their podcast. We're cool in their Kids community. Club. Yeah. We're in the, their podcast. Cool kids club. First ones. Um, I always want to say oh, sponsors that they're not. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's weird. Um, but they're, well, they, they they're s- wildly more successful for us. So in a way they kind of sponsor us. Yeah. I was going to say. <laughs> Like so, how you sponsor a child. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we're like that dog that they <laughs> yeah. that they saw in a commercial like, that was crying. So cute. And Come they got over. a t-shirt. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, all right, fine. We'll get a t-shirt. Give that dog $10 a month. Um, we have t-shirts too for sale. We do have t-shirts. You know, if you want to go on uh, on our uh, website. Go Gorilla Film. Go Gorilla Film cast. Dot com. Which you can get through there through Century Productions as well. You can buy a shirt. You know, and, you know, maybe one day we'll see you walking around with our shirt on. And I guarantee you, if I don't know you and you have that on, I am running after you to get a picture. Yeah. Still, it's going to happen one day. I'm going to see somebody, some random person somewhere. And that's going to, that'll make my D. (laughs) I'll be the crazy person running. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. (laughs) That's our shirt. No, like, I didn't know I, you were crazy. I don't want this no, shirt anymore. No, they'll be anymore. like, I got this at Goodwill. Yeah. <laughs> just bought this at Goodwill. It's funny story is I, I, you know, in another life I was a musician and um, I, you know, I've cut a couple demos and yeah. CDs and stuff. Mm-hmm. And, and um, what was the name of I your was, band? 
well, it was Catch Twenty Two. Then it changed to Vanishing Point. But so we did that. We did this CD. Was Vanishing Point after like something specific? And then we, then I was in Signal. Then I was in another. I mean, I was in a bunch of bands. But like, um, I uh, then but I was it a wasn't drummer after in the one movie, band. Was it? Oh, I don't know. Vanishing Point, the movie. No, I don't. I don't. I don't know. I, I didn't. I didn't know it at the time oh, when okay. I when I called it that. Anyway, um, so anyway, we were on uh, you, back in the day. I mean, you may still do this, but we all a bunch of hardcore bands would put all of their songs on like a collaboration CD, mm-hmm. you know, a mixtape, if you will. And we got onto one with a bunch of other pretty big bands. And then years and years and years ago, I found that collection oh. at a Goodwill. That CD at a Goodwill. Do you have it? No, I don't have it anymore. What the hell? You didn't buy it? No. <laughs> what do I want it for? What's the care. point of telling that story? It was just then. funny that I had cut a CD back in like the '90s, and then in the late 2000s, and then you I didn't even it. buy it. You dope. No, why would I just? Well, like I already, the... I've already heard it. I don't want to give it. Get, you know, I want other people out there to be able. Oh, to Oh, you buy want to it. gift that to the world? <laughs> yeah. All right. Yeah. <laughs> I want to take that only That's copy like off the shelf. Seeing shelves. this person wearing our shirt and being like, "Yeah, you want to take a selfie?" No, it's fine. I'll let somebody it's else not do the same it. Same thing. That is the same thing. You should have bought that. I would have bought that. Yeah. You know how many freaking cassette I tapes probably you have, have 50 in, of them in, the in, the, in the fucking attic? Um, somewhere. All right. So a shout out. Steady Geekin, Reality Bomb Comic Cast. Not up for debate. Um, all the a Steady Geekin is back at it. They're back at it. They're yeah. back at it. There was a bit of a, a, a little bit, a bit of a break. Yeah. If you will. So they're back at it. So please listen to them. And uh, Brandon Blake. They often um, they sneak us into. And their... we're not going to shout out Perry because he d- clearly doesn't listen till the Perry end anymore. Like, the, the, now it's just it's like a running joke. Yeah. I'm waiting. It's going to be like four years from now where he's going to be like he's going to catch one and be like, wait, you got how long oh, have you wait. guys? You didn't say my name this week. Like this week, it's been about 17 years, homie. Move on. Yeah. <laughs> Perry, psh, your card has been revoked. Yeah. Just doesn't love us anymore. That's fine. You know, whatever. You fall out of love with people. It happens. Yeah. Um, you know, we're still totally supportive of you all the time, but it's fine. Uh, so, uh, yeah, if you if you have a movie you want us to watch, suggestions, things like that, gripes, compliments, we always love those. Mm-hmm. Uh, send them our way. And in the meantime, I'm going to keep my fingers crossed that some cool people will answer me back that don't want to be on the show. Yeah. Yeah. And then until then, keep on keeping on. Yeah, that's not our thing. No. <laughs> we don't have the sign off. Yeah, we do. Bye. Bye. We Sean of the yeah. Dead yeah. every week. Hello. Shit, she's engaged. Shit, she's engaged. Hate. Bye. Bye.